to the Belsey Podcast. Those of you who don't know me, I'm Martin Bell, part of Bell and Sperling. We come up with the Sven Goran Eriksson song and Golden Balls. But I'm until that point of having a bit of success and, and doing Top of the Pops, I'd had a, a career beforehand um, of being in a band um, from the age of 14 and trying to make it. You know, having singles out, getting signed to a couple of different labels, first getting on a couple of TV shows, you know, and, and trying to make it that way. And you, you have this path in your head of how you want to be, you know, every, I wanted to be George Michael, you know, I wanted to be in Duran Duran, I wanted that, that was the career I wanted, but I've also spoke to other stars that had hits with their songs that was like, I wanted to be in a rock band, I didn't want to be doing pop music and, you know, on, on the, the little teeny boppy shows, and I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be in the Stones, but you sort of have to run with what you, what you're given, and you sort of make your way in the industry, and you never really know which way it's going to turn. I started to think about those early days of having singles out and I had various managers over the years and uh, David Walker was a manager of ours at the time who managed status quo who who was brilliant you know he was a 70s sort of manager he managed the sweet and Susie Quattro and and people like that and he and he was such a he was a great man a really great man I used to go into meetings with him we'd had a few singles out and nothing had really happened and you would really look forward to seeing David Walker. You'd go to his office up in Hammersmith and I'd sit with him and he'd go, uh, 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 okay, what what I want you to do is, uh, 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 do you get it? Yeah. I want you to sing this song. Like, uh, 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 you see, you get it? And, and I'd just nod along with him. I'd go, yeah, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. And he'd go, right, we're going to record this song. The guitar part is going to go, uh, 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 do you see what I mean? It's just, uh, 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 yeah, okay. And then you're going to come in and you're going to sing, I want you to sing, and by the end, you're just nodding along with him. And I, by the end of it, I come out, I went, brilliant meeting. They go, what did he say? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just, I felt good. I just felt good about being in with him. I don't actually know what advice he got. And he pointed you and go, and he, okay, I'll speak to you tomorrow. And out you go, you go, I've got nothing from that. The Belsey Podcast. Do you know what? He was just such a great character in the industry. He did put us in the studio in um, Kensal Rise, where everybody used to go and record. And he put us in to do this this really quite funky, cool rock track. It had a, a bit of a riff, a bit like Superstition. Um, and we really thought 
that was going to be the track. We thought we were going to crack it with it. Nothing happened. And the sort of relationship dissolved. Very sadly, David Walker died just, just as I had the hit with, with a Sven Goran Eriksson song. And it was um, very sad because he was a great character in the music industry. But out of that, we ended up working with Mickey Most. Um, in fact, we'd met Mickey Most just beforehand. We'd, we'd sort of gone into Rack Studios. He'd heard a, a, a track that we were working on and he really liked it. And Mickey Most really was like the Simon Cow of, of today, if you like. He was a, a real impresario of, of the industry at the time, made absolute fortune. And um, and he created Rack Studios, which is in St. John's Wood. And I just couldn't believe suddenly we've got this deal with Mickey Most where we are going to be recording at Rack and he's given us free studio time. And we did the first track and he... He really liked it. He said, yeah, 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 Get, come in and see me. So we, we sit in the office and um can't believe I'm just, you know, I'm sitting there with Mickey Most. And, and he says, right, right, look, I really like what you're doing. I really like what you're doing, but I want you to, I want you to think outside the box. He said, I'll tell you what to do. Write a song about suicide. He went, kids love suicide. Sorry? What do you, what do you, yeah, kids love suicide. Just, you know, think outside the box. And it was just so so far removed from us doing pop songs we were trying to copy wham at the time you know we sounded more like brother beyond if we were lucky and um <laughs> and it was just such a, a strange bit of advice but you know what the mad part about it was with mickey most was that i felt so good being in rack studios it, it was just such an amazing period of time contact us Podcast at gmail.com Remember, Belsy, B-E-L-S-Y What was really odd was that I had a job. Nobody ever believes this. I had a job working for Goldman Sachs at the time. <laughs> I'd left school and my brother got me a job in the city. Even though I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to be in a band, he got me a job working at some American bank called Kidder Peabody for a couple of years. And then... I got offered a job at Goldman Sachs. But in the evenings, I'm going to recording studios and I'm working at these various, various studios. And uh, he, <laughs> I'm at Goldman Sachs. I'm earning like three, four times the amount of money that, that my mates are getting, you know. And, but they're in the studio. My band of, of myself and, and three other members are going to the studio every day. And I'm thinking, I'm working in the city. I know I'm getting more money, but I don't really want to be here. I want to give it up. And when, after the 87 crash, I ended up, after Goldman Sachs, I ended up at this, this other sort of little outfit um, in, in Islington that was, it was just like the film where it is a boiler house. It's a sweat house where you are just trading people's money. I didn't even know what I was doing. Listen, I'm, I'm closing my eyes and putting people's money into something. Didn't even know what I was doing. I was just lucky. I started making a really good amount of money for clients. I was good at this job. And it was really strange. And what's aching me in the back is I want to leave and I want to get to the studio. I want to get to St. John's Wood. I want to be recording there where the boys are recording. But I know I'm earning good money. Anyway, after after about eight or nine months, I suddenly I've got a mortgage. <laughs> I had a speedboat and a jeep. I had a speedboat and a jeep. It was ridiculous. And all my mates are getting like 50 quid a week. And I'm thinking, this is not right. I want to be a pop star. You've, you've got to live 
you've got to live on the breadline, really. I, I can't be, this is, this is wrong. So I ended up um, phoning my dad up. Um, it was a really summer's day, and I just said, Dad, I, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to be a singer. And he was like, you know that any other parent would be going, what are you talking about, you lunatic? You've got a great job. You've got a great future ahead of you. You work in the city. You're in a fortune. And my dad said, okay, if that's what you want, come on. We rent your flat out. Sell your boat. (laughs) And it was like a weight off my shoulders. And I remember resigning that day from this this mad job. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride. Oh, shut up. I won't, I won't say his name, but he was great. He was a larger than life character. He used to kick the door open, smash things, sack people on the spot. But for some reason, he had a, he had a soft spot for me, like me. And he used, to, he used to say, you know, you're good at this job. What, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing music? And I said, that's what I really want to do. And the day I left, he said, look, you've always got your job back here if you want. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be coming back. And he said, no, 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 look, you will be. You'll be coming back. I went home that day. I had nine holes of gold from my dad. It was the first pint of lager. I'd sat down with my dad. I think it was the age, I was age 19 stroke 20. And it was a weight off my shoulders for my dad to say, no, do you know what? If you want to go into this industry, that's what you want to do. And I will back you. And um, and that's what we did. And I jacked it in, <laughs> jacked the job in. The next day, I had no money. I had no income. Yes, I could go to the studio in St. John's Wood, but I had nothing coming in. The strange part about that story is that um, I was in Cap d'Antibes about three years ago uh, with my family on holiday. And uh, just, just next Cap d'Antibes, a place called Jean Le Pen. And I, I got a message from the boss that used to that used to run the, the outfit that I was working for in Nislington. And I got this message and he said, oh, I've just seen a picture of you come up. Are you in the manor? I mean, it's a great line. Are you in the manor? And I said, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm staying where I am on this on this beach. Okay, I'll meet you for coffee tomorrow. Yeah, lovely. Um, Whatever happened, we didn't end up meeting because we had to sort of... Uh, uh, we went off to the date of Monaco, strangely enough, and we we arranged to meet various days. We didn't get end up meeting, and I came back and I saw someone about three months later, and I said, "Oh, so and so was uh, messaged me." He said, "Oh yeah, he's living down there. He's living. Uh, he's got a place there." And I was like, "Oh, what well, is he not in the city?" He said, "He sold out. He sold the company." Did he? Yeah, thirty-five million. <laughs> He sold out for thirty-five million, and there's me still, still trying to crack it in the music industry. Still ups and downs, but you know what? That is the part of this. Is it's the ups and downs of this industry? Um, like I've said before in an episode before that you know if I'd have stayed working in a job, you'd have worked your way up. Maybe I'd have been part of that thirty-five mil that he sold out for. But do you know what? Along the way. The music industry gives you some amazing highs, some terrible lows. We're all going through awful lows at the moment. Um, and it is a real rough time. But you know that there's, there's wonderful times, wonderful times when you're on stage. And it's just the high. And you think, this is what I gave it all up for. Yes, I probably could have more money in my pocket. But this is what I gave it up for. The Belsey Podcast at gmail.com. 
some of the, the great venues that are shutting down at the moment in London. Um, we've heard this week that Café de Paris is closing down. I've done some wonderful gigs at Café de Paris over the years. Um, really, really, really wonderful evenings. I want to tell you a couple of stories about Café de Paris. I was fortunate enough to perform at uh, Café de Paris on a couple of occasions, but one funny story was when myself and Johnny Sperling had just sort of cracked it with Sven, and we were backed by Capital Radio, which was quite a strange deal at the time. Nobody had had this. Uh, it's just the fact that we were doing a Saturday show at Capital Gold uh, when we wrote the, the Sven song, and um, and Chris Tarrant happened to play it. So it was that the Capital sort of launched it for us. So they kept sending us to all these premieres. You know, we want, to, want you to get your face seen out there. We want you to go to all these film premieres. So a couple of them we didn't go to, but we decided to go to the one called The Football Manager, which had uh, Ricky Tomlinson and uh, Bradley Walsh in it. And so we thought, yeah, we go to that. It was in Leicester Square. And we go to it on the night. Is the God's honest truth. Johnny Sperling fell asleep halfway through the film. We're at this premiere and, it, and, he's, and he's snoring. And it, that's how mad it was. So we come out, but the after party is at Café de Paris. So we go over to Café de Paris and we've got this um, we've got this guy that sort of looked after us as our driver at the time. And he, he was he was brilliant for us. A guy called Plum. He was six foot six. um, Like a, a very long, tall Rodney. But we, we fought the world of him. And uh, so Plum takes us over and we go over to Café de Paris. And as we walk in, we're met by Andy Gray. Now, we'd done a few gigs for Andy Gray, who's hilarious. He was on, you know, if you, if you don't know, ex-footballer, and he was a Sky uh, Sky Sports uh, reporter and, and host. And he, he is funny, really funny. We'd done some very funny gigs with him. As soon as we walk in, he says, it's the boys. I can't believe it. I've seen you all over the TV. Come and have a drink with us. And he's with Peter Reid and Mick Hucknall. So we're like, great, this is this is great, you know. So we we stand having a chat and we're enjoying it. We're we're on quite high because we're we're number seven in the charts that week and we're 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 buzzing. And um, well, Johnny wasn't beforehand. Obviously, he was he was fast asleep in the premiere. But now we're we're out and about. John like has got his uh, his large scotch and we're off and running. So Andy Gray's giving it the big and to Peter Reid and Mick Hucknall about how great we are and telling us telling him what good singers we are and we. You know they've got the they've got the Sven song out of the moment, and they've got the Sven song out. So we're having a good chat. Anyway, John's quite drunk by now, and uh, he says, "What do you what do you want to drink, Andy?" Now we've just got our our uh, our advance from Warner Brothers. Now two weeks previous, this is the God's honest truth. Two weeks previous, I was paying me mortgage and paying me bills. I had sixteen p left in my account. It said plus sixteen p. Okay, and then we got we got our record company advance from Warner Brothers, and from our publishing company, which you know was was a, a handsome sum, and sort of money that we'd never ever dreamed that we'd get. And so now we're quite flush with money. And John's like, "What do you want, Ed?" And he said, "I want a bottle of champagne." So John buys three bottles of champagne. One for Andy Gray, one for Peter Reid, and one for Mick Hucknall. There you go, and slaps them on the table. And we are just just partying like maniacs. Now, the main part about it is that a guitarist that had played with me for years and years and years, who I love dearly and is still playing with me, um, a guy called Mark James, 
had joined Simply Red and he, he had a long career in there for about sort of eight or nine years. Um, and I still think he's the best guitarist in this country. He's, he was a top session player, played with everybody from Rick Astley, Tony Adley, the, uh, Kenny Thomas, well, did the Kylie Minogue World Tours. Um, he's a wonderful guitarist and plays on lots of songs. In fact, I'm probably letting him down then by not... Um, not mentioning all the all the big names that he has played with, but um, I'd lost him really for sort of about eight or nine years to Simply Red, and so I'm talking to Mick and I said, "Oh, you know, Mark, who's played with me for years, he's you know he's playing with you now." I said, "It's just it's just wonderful, isn't it?" I'm quite drunk. I said, "Just it's just any of the best guitarists." And he went, "Yeah, he's okay. He's what? He's yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got the ump now. Oh, immediately, I've got the ump with a ginger fella." Right, and then we're having a few more drinks, and I said, "Oh, I've heard a couple of the new songs that you've done." I said, "Mark, play me." And I said, "Great." I said, "Mark's got a couple of credits on there as well." And he, yeah, charity. What? Yeah, just shout a bit of charity to to the musicians. Oh, ginger one. Oh no, you've let me down here. I, you know what? You just you have this picture about of of somebody that you. That you quite like. I've met many, many big stars who had, you know, a good, good long career, and and I've never been so disappointed with a ginger one as that. I just detested him. Let it snow. Let it snow. The Belsy Podcast. Oh, oh, oh! Wishing you a very merry Christmas. And it was the maddest situation. And Andy Gray is such a laugh that. I just felt that we had to turn our back on him, um, and which we did. We just sort of shunned the ginger one for the rest of the evening, which I found was mad. It's very sad about Cafferty Perry at the moment because I've had some wonderful, wonderful evenings in there. When we came out that night, Plum, the uh, who was driving us, we, we came out about half past two out of Cafferty Perry. <laughs> and like I said, you know, I had 16p in my account. Um, two weeks previous, I remember printing off my my statement out of the out of the hole in the wall, you know, and it was like plus sixteen pence. And I thought, oh my god, you know, I'm going to pay the mortgage next month, and I, you know, I get a couple of rubbish little gigs, and we just have to try and scrape through. And then obviously we picked up our our record company advance, so we come out of Cafferty Perry's about half past two in the morning. Plum comes round the front in the old Ford Galaxy or whatever, whatever we got, and me and John pile in the back like we like we're pop stars. And literally, we get round the corner, and John's like, "I want a McDonald's. I want a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, so do I." And we, and we, so we stop. We, we got no, got no cash on us. So I said, "I'll, I'll get some out of the wall. Stop a minute. Pull over somewhere near, I don't know, Tottenham Court Road or whatever." And we pull over, and I go to the hole in the wall with me card, and I put it in, and I come back to the car, and the side windows open. Johnny Sperling's in the back, Plum's in the front, and I said, "Boys, you're not going to believe it." I said, what, what, what's the matter, Bell? What, what, what's up? And I said, I've just put my card in the wall. Yeah, yeah, what, what's happened? I said, and it come up on the screen. Yeah, what did it say? I said, it said, you've got too much money. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Join us for the next episode, full of celebrity stories. Send us your rags to riches story. The Belsey Podcast at gmail.com. 
If your store is good, I'll send you a picture of me on top of the pot. If it's rubbish, you get one of me socks with a hole. The Belsey Podcast is an MLEM production.